You're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. So the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast, this is Barnsley, back again, post-round 11, and this week we've got Billy returning to the podcast again, two weeks in a row, Billy, did you have a better week this past weekend? No, <laughs> oh yeah, I sold Lomax round three, mate, so done and dusted straight away. <laughs> yeah, you know that I sold him early too, so he's going to be a thought in my side for the entire season, I think. It's... um. It's it's my worst it's my worst week of the entire season. Like I went better round one than what I did this past weekend. That's how bad I went. Yeah, same. Um, my um, I think a lot of people are in the same boat, mate. The um, selling selling best, selling Lomax, only to find out that they just seem to have a resurgence and. They, yeah, that, that Lomax, mate, he's just been killing it. Um, try a week, kicking goals. Or who, who would have thought that going from fullback to wing and then into centre, all of a sudden the uh, the dragon is going on a tear and someone like uh, Kurt Mann keeps producing every week. Oh, it's crazy. I was having the Kurt Mann discussion with one of the, um, the other guys uh, a couple of days ago. It might have even been Wilfred. I can't recall, but um, yeah, saying that, no one expected that this type of season from Kurt Mann to the point that I actually picked Shibasaki over him. Like, it was Shibasaki or Kurt Mann in the off-season. And I went, you know what, Shibasaki's got a much better base and probably a, a pro- probably a much better job security in that night side as well. Kurt Mann's not produced anything. I can't. I just can't do that to myself again. I've been there before. And, of course, Kurt Mann's one of the cheapies of the year and you sell Lomax early. And these are just all the things that you lament, Billy, when you get halfway through a Supercoach season. Yeah, we enjoy what we want, but <laughs> astute or not, mate, there's teams doing a lot better than us, buddy. Yeah, well, I was going pretty well. Like, I've I've been really happy with my season um, of late, especially. Like, I, I felt like that I was going the right direction, and I was getting some pretty good scores and stuff. The only thing that was happening was that every single week, I felt like I was getting two injuries. Um, and it started happening a few weeks ago that I kept getting guys injured that I traded in. So, like, I traded Munster in, and he got injured. And I traded um, Brett Morris in this past weekend, and I got his 27 points, and he got hurt. I've actually been scoring okay until this last weekend. It's just these injuries just mounted up, and all of a sudden now I need to make about six trades. So it's this this next sort of nine-week run looks like it's really going to separate the men from the boys in this Supercoach season. Yeah, I was talking to someone earlier today about it on, on the way to work. Um, it's, um, it's frustrating when you... Um, no, when you when you have depth and you, you know, there's injuries and you get excited thinking you know what, I'm going to catch up this week because I don't have to play you know got um, the the Warriors Katoa versus the Storm suck shit everyone else has to play all of a sudden scores a line break try with a score of what 83 and you're stuck with you know Madison you think fuck me dead. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Well, that was the other thing this week too. I, I would have actually played Kato out of necessity and I would have lucked myself into a better round, but I found out about kick-outs getting ruled out about 10 minutes too late. So the Warriors game was already 10 minutes in when I found out about kick-out. And, you know, that was... Katoa was the last guy that I could have put in on my second row and placed kick-out. So instead of getting the 86 points... 
I got the AE for kick out of 35 points from, from Brown at the Warriors. So, I mean, it's those type of things where that, just that 10 minute window cost me 50 points. So you, you just can't do anything about these things sometimes, unfortunately. Oh, we can, we can still have a podcast and tell everyone how good we are and whinge that wasn't our season again. Uh, <laughs> so let's get going. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about the first game then. So this week we're going to go through the games again and talk about the players of interest during each game. Um, so the first game of the round is the Dragons versus the Rabbitohs. Really interesting game, this one. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure what's going to happen with it, but as far as changes go, for the Dragons, first of all, we've got Tarek Sims returning from suspension, so he's back straight into the edge roll. That means Fuimano is back on the bench. Uh, Jason Saab is out again. <laughs> he wanted to get some game time, asked for a release. Uh, they started starting him, and then he's gotten kicked out again. Adam Clune is gone with concussion, so that means that Ben Hunt is going to go back to halfback where he scores a hell of a lot worse than what he has been at hooker uh, and pushes Cam McInnes to hooker where he scores probably a lot better than what he does at lock. Jackson Ford's coming to starting at lock for McInnes' move. Um, and then other than that, we've got Sailor on the bench as a utility back, which is interesting for the rotations. For the Rabideau side of things, Latron Mitchell's back from his two-week suspension, uh, so that's going to help them out quite a bit. Moves Johnston onto the wing, uh, but Corey Allen's a player that misses out, which means that Paulo is still back on the other wing, which is going to be good for cheapy news. And Liam Knight returns, which is largely super coach irrelevant. So Dragons, first of all, Billy, uh, there's a, a couple of interesting things on the Dragons side that we're going to talk about. Now, Cam McInnes is actually in the top 10 most traded in players at the moment. He comes in at number eight, um, and that's at around 2.5% of coaches trading him in. He's, oh, actually, now he's just moved up to six. Now that I've refreshed my browser, 2.7% of coaches are, are trading him in, and he's in, in the sixth spot now. I'm imagining that's on the back of him going into hooker. Um, now, obviously, McInnes' minutes have gone down when he's been playing the 13 jumper, and his scores haven't been as high. He got an 83 last week in the 13 jumper, and he played 80 minutes. But the two, a couple of weeks prior to that, he only played the 68 minutes in that lock roll. So there was a little bit of, I guess, angst that maybe his minutes were going to go down. And he only went a 63 and a 61, his first two 13 jumper uh, games. So it looks like that, that nine jumpers a better jumper for him based on his scores in the first six rounds of the season. It certainly says that's the case. He's back into it now. Does he become more of an interesting buyer than what he has been? Are these coaches uh, on to something now that he's been named at nine? Or is it something where, you know what, he might go better this week, but after this week, Clune's likely to come through his concussion protocol, and then Ben Hunt's back to nine, and all of a sudden we've got the lock scores from Cam McInnes again. Yeah, he's certainly an option. Um, I like his running game. <clears throat> the, the, the extra 10, 10 sort of minutes you can't really sort of pass up. Um, I'm not too keen on him, given I think a lot of their softest sort of run has sort of happened. They've had a few wins. Um, they do need to get into the eight, but so uh, maybe maybe he sticks around in his more familiar position for a while, but I don't. I just don't see him having any of those sort of massive tons, so I'd probably rather go someone else, but I think the reason why a lot of, a lot of going for him is because when you take Crichton out and Madison out of the equation, there's not really much else to kind of downgrade to in that um, in that second row forward role, so it's probably why a lot of people are going to him because he has that attacking potential right price and you're probably getting like 100k off um, off um, Madison to get to him in order to upgrade a three quarter possibly. Like 
there's pro- there's a probably a good hundred k that a lot of people are using to upgrade to someone like um, you know, Nofo versus the uh, depleted wingers. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I mean, in his in his eighty minute nine games, um, his base is pretty close to the seventy point mark most of the time. So you know, four out of his six games at nine, he went between seventy and seventy seven points just in pure base. Uh, so those that base average is just insane. On the season, as it is, his base average is 67 points. Um, they're coming up against South, which is a decent matchup this weekend. Probably one of the things that um, causes a bit of pause for me, Billy. Uh, I understand what you're saying, in that there's a little bit of a lull in who you're actually going to have in your second-row forward at the moment. But after South, they hit the Roosters and they hit Power. Uh, I don't think they're the best matchups, um, but if you can sort of get through that storm, then they hit the Broncos, uh, Titans, and, and the Cows. Uh, but certainly the next three weeks aren't great for the Dragons draw. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but if he's going back to sort of 80 minutes, um, he's in that hooker role, and he'll he'll he doesn't need any attack. He'll just sort of tackle his way to sort of um, um, sort of. 60, 70 points just in you know, 40, 50 tackles and a few runs, a couple of tackle busts. So that's that's probably more the appeal there. Um, a bloke that's playing hooker, uh, they're more like their minutes are great and they're less likely to get injured because they're not taking those massive hit ups. They're just uh, like a bloke like uh, McInnes and Smith and you know, pretty much anyone that doesn't play for the Knights in the nine jersey is just going to sort of stick around and tackle their ass off. So. Even with that draw, it's probably still a good downgrade or upgrade, or probably both. Yeah, fair call. Um, I tend to agree. Uh, I'm just not much of a McInnes fan. I guess I'm a little bit salty and just waiting for him to drop because he's about 12 points, you know, better than what he was last year, which none of us kind of expected him to do. But he, he's looking the goods at the moment. Um, another guy that's not on the trade market for the Dragons and the top 10 traded in. But looks like a bit of a smoky, if anything, just to watch this week, but even as a downgrade option. And that's young Jackson Ford. So Jackson Ford's been named to start in the 13 jumper. Um, he's been a real heralded junior coming through. Um, the Dragons wanted to keep him longer, long term. And he's looked pretty good when he's actually played. He's got his five games off the bench so far this season. He's only been averaging um, 25 minutes a game, but... In that limited time, he's got a PPM of around one. Playing in a lock role where he's certainly going to get a lot of work, he's only uh, 246 grand with a 20-odd BE. So the price point's really appealing, uh, especially when people are maybe looking at doing a downgrade this week to upgrade to a gun. But certainly, even just a watch this week and see if he's named again next week, uh, he starts to become maybe interesting, um, especially if he's getting sort of 60-plus minutes. Yeah, I looked at him too. The, the, the only thing with a bloke like Ford is um, Dragons generally don't uh, play big minutes in the 13 jersey, apart from um, obviously sort of McKinnis, who's, who's sort of an, an, an 80 minute sort of an 80 minute sort of player. Any other Dragon is has generally always kind of rotated, um, especially the uh, the younger kids. Um, with um, the injuries kind of not too far away, I'd be more concerned with him maybe playing sort of 50, 60 minutes and then sort of. Um, one of the injured players sort of coming back, um, him going back to the bench and sort of becoming an A nightmare. Um, I'd probably rather completely downgrade to a Nuffy and upgrade kind of elsewhere. Um, he's probably more of an unknown. The only other thing to add is um, 
if a bloke's been coming off the bench for sort of 25, 30 minutes here and there, I generally kind of prefer them to be around the 1.1 to 1.3 or 4 kind of PPM because once they start playing longer minutes, they're going to get tired. So I'd much rather a guy be sort of showing a bit more sort of promise PPM-wise before they're going to start increasing their minutes. Yeah, fair enough, Paul. Um, I'm certainly going to be watching him this week and seeing what happens next week. Um, I, I do rate him as a player. I actually think that he's a good player, which is why I'm surprised that they're uh, apparently rumoured to be interested in some of these other forwards on the market at the moment. Um, but let's move on to South because they've got a few more interesting players on market watch. Uh, one of the guys that, uh, first of all, that's coming back is going to be Latrell Mitchell. Now, Souths don't have anyone in the top 10 most traded in or, or traded out, but Latrell Mitchell's obviously returning. A lot of people have sort of moved on from Latrell, which is fair enough. I would have sold him as well after he got his suspension and he's been on the sidelines for a couple of weeks. One of the things that's gone under the radar a little bit is that he's just had his nine come out of his rolling average from round seven. His last three scores are nine, 49, 47, which isn't good. Obviously, before that, he was doing a lot better. The big thing with Latrell for me is that he's at a 450-odd K price point. That's a pretty sweet spot for Latrell, and I'm not a huge fan, but Souths have got a half-decent draw coming up. They've got uh, the Knights this week, which is an OK matchup. Um, the Raiders the following week, which isn't great, but the Raiders are going fantastic, and then they hit the Dragons, the Broncos, the Cows, Manly. So the next six weeks, I'd say, is reasonably favourable for Souths. Um, and I guess a lot of people are kind of looking for that centre-wing strike weapon. I mean, I, I shelled out for BMOS, just hoping that I'd get big points for a couple of weeks, and now that's not going to happen. Latrell at around 450k, you know, I, I didn't like him as a buy at 550. I thought he was too expensive. But at 450, you know, he's got a 67 BE. You could even wait and watch this week. You know, if he hits a 50, he's all of a sudden going to be, you know, a 440k purchase in centre-wing next week. It, it, he starts to become a little bit more interesting to look at again. Um, as an owner... <laughs> <laughs> Or a previous owner a couple of weeks ago, I'd uh, highly uh, unrecommend that recommendation. <laughs> Mate, he's he's rubbish. He's 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 going to sit on he's going to sit on sit on three or four points, three or four three or four hit ups pretty much the whole game unless he gets into the attack. He's going to have to set up three or, or go over for one and set up one just to score sixty. Just don't do it to yourself. Like I, I bought him um, at that five fifty pr- price, whatever it was, or five hundred price. Um, about four weeks ago as a pod to try and make up some ground. And oh mate, it's just, for every, every, every hit up over eight minutes that he had with three tackle bus, he would then go and drop the ball and then cause a penalty and drop it again and have minus six points and then go off injured. Just, he's just a freaking nightmare, mate. Just don't do it to yourself. Oh, it's frustrating to own, no doubt. I, I kind of disagree a little bit though. And I'm, I'm not a huge troll fan, um, which some people point out to me sometimes. <laughs> But it's all about value. And, you know, if he's sub 450k, or even in a couple of weeks, if you wait, he manages to get to 400k, there's a lot of value there. He's only scored one try for the season so far. He's going to score a lot more in the second half of the season. And, and their draw is pretty good. Like, once we hit round 12, um, a 440-odd K center wing um, is going to go very well against the Dragons, Broncos, and Cowboys, I reckon. So... Even if just getting him for that run, I'd be interested in. Um, I'm definitely going to be watching him this week. Somebody I think that you're going to agree on a little bit more for me, though, 
And this guy is a bit of a pod purchase again, outside of the most traded in. Um, but he's sitting at 11% ownership, so he's not quite pod territory, but considering it's Cameron Murray, that is almost pod territory. Um, Cam Murray's only 575k at the moment, 50-odd BE. We made the remark a month ago that he just his minutes weren't good enough um, from round... from Well, basically, from when he went back to the 13 jumper in round four, he went 62, 53, 66. Uh, minutes and then 57 minutes and then we spoke about him in round seven and said geez this is a dud he cannot be averaging 58 59 minutes a game in the 13 jumper he's got to be getting more uh, and then I think a lot of people kind of went off him and rightly so including us but the last month of football he's actually been averaging 66 minutes a game in the 13 jumper so that's a hell of a lot better and that's kind of more what we want 63, 67, 65, and 67 minutes on the weekend are his four-week minutes that he's played. And subsequently, um, during that time, he's had a, a raw base average in the 60s. Obviously, Cameron Murray can hit a bit of attack as well. People are looking for back rowers because we've got some injuries in there at the moment, a bit of instability. Coming up against the Dragon's Edge is, is pretty favourable. We know that, we know that the Broncos' middle um, and their edge are both pretty favourable as well, and the Cowboys are pretty favourable for anyone at the moment. So, decent matchup for Cam Murray. Um, decent price point, five hundred seventy-five thousand is pretty close to the least amount of money you would have paid for him this year. Um, five fifty-six was the lowest that you could have got him a couple of weeks ago. I've actually found myself looking at Murray Billy. I was I was pretty off him a month ago, and I didn't think that I'd be considering him with guys like Angus and and Madison going crazy, and then some of these other secondary players. But Murray at five seventy five k, I actually think that he warrants a little bit of interest at the moment. Yeah, I didn't realise his minutes had actually increased to what you were saying there, so that that makes him more appealing. Um, without those extra minutes, though, I wouldn't be interested in him at all, um, because uh, if he's playing sort of sub sort of sixty minutes. Uh, he really does need to have a line break or go over the try. Sorry, go over the line, in, which is which is probably kind of offset fifty uh, percent by him just actually playing the extra seven or eight minutes. So, if you if you can guarantee a sixty kind of base off sixty mid mid sixty minutes, then yeah, he's, he's worth a stab. Um, <laughs> who just, uh, he's got uh, who's who's he running at this week? Up the, up the middle. Um, well, so the Dragons middle is going to have Jackson, Jackson Ford as his, as his opposite 13, which is pretty good for him. Um, and then Vaughan and Blake Laurie as the props in the middle. So it's, it's not a bad middle for him to be running out. And as, as you know, yeah. Cook often finds him on those edges a little bit too sometimes. Yeah. Probably just depends on how, um, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, Cookie's going to play. Like if, if Cook if Cook goes looking for him like he did last year and just a couple of those inside balls or short balls straight up the middle, then yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer. Um, if he starts uh, looking to sort of throw it out wide, then probably no. But uh, a team like the Dragons, the Rabbits are probably going to have a few opportunities inside that 10, 15 meter line. So probably warrants um, a bit more of uh, interest than what I previously thought a few minutes ago. Yeah, I mean. It's obviously McInnes is the is the guy that's being looked at a little bit more uh, because he's in the top ten and you know obviously Cam Murray isn't. Cam Murray's a fair bit cheaper than what McInnes is though, and I I think that he's got better attacking upside than what McInnes does. So I mean, I, I'm actually favouring more going for the Cam Murray pod. More people own McInnes as well, so I mean, how do you see that? Would you? Yeah, that's that's where I kind of disagree with you. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I like what you're saying, but the the thing for me is a bloke like um, McInnes, um is obviously getting the ball from dummy half, and he can he can ru- he can do a quick run for a line break, or he can do a short ball, or actually get someone through through a gap for a line break assist or a try assist. Murray has to rely on Cook actually giving giving him one of those, and is only going to get two or three chances per game. Cook's um, a bloke like um, McInnes is going to get oh, four or five per set. Yeah, fair enough. Cook has been on fire lately, though. I think he's been playing a lot better the last month of football, so that is definitely a plus. Aside from those guys, they're, they're the main guys that are interesting. Uh, there is one other pod downgrade option that I'm going to throw out there for South Sydney. We mentioned Siren and last weekend got named on the edge to start. He actually ended up moving out into centre um, during the game, which was not very good for him. But in his first, in the first sort of quarter of the game when he was playing on an edge, he actually looked really good, I thought. He's 285k, 25BE. We spoke about him last week. He only got the 43 points in 80 minutes, 41 of that being in base. But again, he got moved to centre. So he's been named again to start in the 12 jumper. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what his minutes are this week versus Dragons. With a 25BE, you can obviously afford to wait, but he could be a bit of a downgrade um, option next week against the Broncos' edge. If he gets named to play the Broncos next week at 300k, he starts to become a bit interesting. I really like him as a player. I wish we got to see him for 80 minutes on the edge last week. Yeah, it's well, one one route you could go is um, if you're concerned about the uncertainty of Madison with a huge break-even, you could um, you could go down to a zero, get the one game out of him. Um, uh, he did. If you look at his uh, PPM, he's, he's, he seems to be, he seems to be throwing up some. Uh, Decent scores off shorter minutes, like he was showing, I don't know, 31 off 25, 25 off sort of 18 minutes. Um, so if you go look at his PPM, it's, it's pretty good. Um, I didn't realise he'd moved out to centre. If you want to downgrade someone like uh, Madison to him for one game, get the get the guaranteed start on the edge. Hopefully he plays 80 minutes, get a decent score out of him. Uh, you can upgrade elsewhere. Uh, but w- w- worst case, worst case scenario. Um, even if even if you, you saved a bit a bit of that cash, you, you could trade straight back to um, Madison in you know, a week or two. Whether you upgrade our uh, zero again, or whether you just upgrade um, a bloke like uh, you know uh, Katoa or Rudolph or Janor Brown. I mean, um, a lot a lot of people still on those guys, and those those are decent sort of four hundred fifty k platforms. Um, you mentioned Cook um, a little while back. Now Cook didn't have the greatest week last week. Uh, fifty two points. Was his worst raw base week since round five, even though that raw base had been up and we talked it up last week. So a little bit of a loss there, but I expect him to go a bit better against the Dragons. He looks like the only option to maybe look at a VC if you think that Souths are really going to fire up against the Dragons. But I mean, even then, you'd probably go for some other options. I can't really see any VC or early C options in this one. No, no, you'd 100% go... um, uh go cook in that one and just for anyone that actually did buy him last week remember what we said last week we tossed up between um uh, cook and smith we said hey, who's the who's the, who's the better buyer um the comment was look i think um, cook is the better buyer if you average it out over three to five weeks but cam smith was 100 percent the the one the one week sort of ownership versus opposition last week and true, true to form you know smith chucked up a you know um, a, a, de- a decent ton size score and sort of cookies kind of struggled a little bit, but if you round if you round the averages out over the next sort of three to four weeks, I'm pretty confident sort of with this draw, cook will come, cook will come bouncing back, mate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This next month of 
um, Dragons, Broncos, Cows, and Manly. I expect Cook to outdo Smith. Um, and it was always going to be one of those things where you were sacrificing last round's points to go Cook over Smith. Um, so it's a bit of a short-term pain for the long-term game, um, and we'll hopefully get that to play out in the next month of footy. Uh, I see the Rabbits as having a good win here. Um, I think Luttrell coming back into the side and their reshuffle helps them a little bit, uh, and they look a bit stronger than the Dragons, despite the fact that the Dragons may play a bit better footy. Um, I really like Clune at 7 and Hunt at 9. Um, I don't really like that they've swapped that around. So, yeah, I'm thinking Souths are going to be 12-plus point winners in this one. I don't know about 12-plus. I reckon the Dragons aren't aren't as easy a pushover as, as what they have been sort of earlier in the year. And um, the fact that um, Lomax just keeps keeps producing, mate, no, I'm concerned he's going to go go half decent with with, a, with another try and, um, and, a, and a few goals. So I wouldn't say he's going to score another 123, whatever whatever it is, just whatever it is this week. But he's probably the only other option I would even contemplate putting a VC on if you owned him. Yeah, I, I couldn't do a VC or C, but I'd rather just not talk about Lomax because he's been going great guns. He's just been killing it. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's going to get like another 120 um, after going massive last week. But, you know, you just reminded me, we should actually give someone else a shout-out before we move on to the next game. Very, very quietly, as far as extreme pods go, um, round five, we spoke about Matt Dufty, um, and he threw up 120 points against the Sharks, 75 against the Titans. And then we were talking about selling him because he played the Roosters. Since that round five, um, since he came on in round five, he's absolutely killed it. Now, for the season as it is, even including round two and three when he wasn't playing as well and he got dropped the week after, he's actually averaged 74 points for the season. Now, a lot of people would be really surprised about that, but he's averaging 74 points. So the more fancy players like um, Ponga and Lil Pap have, uh, have certainly had their bigger weeks, but... Just looking at it from round five, he's got 120, 75, 64, 62, 53, 89, and 90. He does not have one bad score in that run from round five through to round 11, let alone Lil Pap every second week hitting a 35. So, I mean, if you had someone like Lil Pap and you weren't too impressed with how Pong has come along, you know, last week and, and how he's been looking, 575 grand, Matthew Dufty, honestly, he's got a not an easy draw. But he's now done this for two months where he's just been killing it. So at worst, he deserves a mention, Billy, because 74 average is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and that's the reason why we, why we called him out. But unfortunately, there's only two positions at fullback. And even though Pappy's throwing up to 33 every second week, his average is um, over 80 for the last, uh, what, five five weeks with three tons that are all with legitimate VC options. So I... um. I would, I would 100% have, have him over Dufty. Um, uh, I'd still have Ponga above him. I mean, Ponga produces a pretty ordinary game with no assists, no tries, no nothing, and still, still score, score 65. So, um, yeah, although he's pretty good, mate, I don't think we'd tell anyone, that anyone at home or anything they don't already, or they don't already know, mate. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell, I'll tell them something they don't already know. I disagree with you on Lil Pap. I reckon that, um, Dufty's better than him. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna outright say it, I don't care how crazy it sounds. He's 10 points better on the season, Billy. Look, you got Pappenhausen at 64 points, and Dufty at 74 points, and Pappenhausen's playing in the best side in the comp, arguably. And he's, <laughs> Dufty's playing for the Dragons, and he's doing that. Well, that's a significant difference. Yeah, I know. But, um, if you, 
if you look at the game, if you look at the first few games of the season, though, Pappy was there in support every single freaking ball, but they refused to offload to him. He just never got shit, mate. Um, uh, I know the numbers speak for themselves. Like over the season, I'm just looking at the numbers for the last few games and saying, look, for, for three out of five games with massive tons versus a bloke that's consistent. I'd much rather take the bloke that's averaging a lot more. Um, at the moment, with with a um, uh, a higher captaincy or VC option, all right. the best team in a comp. That's all. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, Duffy's Duffy's had a season. I don't think anyone's expected. So, if you managed to bring him in round five and, and couldn't get rid of him, you'd be really happy with him as a second fullback at the moment. But let's move on to the Tigers uh, Warriors game. For the Tigers, uh, Packers out again, um, but largely relevant. Luke Garner's returning from HIA. Other than that, we've got Thomas McCallie named on the bench. Nothing that's really super coach relevant for the Tigers, except for the fact that we see Alex Twelve back, which anyone that held him would be abs- would be absolutely elated that Twelve is back. For the Warriors side, we've got all the guys that went back to New Zealand, which means that David Fisitu and Kevin Muller are both gone, so both wingers out of here, and they're not going to be back. We've got lone player George Jennings on one wing, Patrick Herbert on the other, um, and we've got uh, Lawton named a start hooker with Egan dropped to the bench. And Daniel Lavaro is the other lone player that's on the bench as well. So not a huge amount of super coach relevant stuff between both teams, Billy, except for the return of Alex Twole. Uh, as far as traded in players go on market watch, David Nofaluma, uh, we've spoken about a bit, but probably not given him as much love as what we should have on this podcast so far. He's the second most traded in player this week. He's at 5.9% at the moment. Uh, he's at a pretty good price point considering how expensive he's been. He's only 612000 to purchase, and he's only 16% of teams, which for one of the best centres in the game uh, for Supercoach is pretty good. 60BE versus Warriors side that has just lost both their wingers. Um, he looks like a really good matchup this week, and I can see why people are going for him. Three rounds so far, a 63-88-70. Been super consistent. He's only got three games for the season that are below 70, uh, only two games that are below 50, and they were still a 40 and 49. Obviously, a lot of people like me, Billy, have been looking at buying him for, for a few weeks, and, and this looks like the perfect week to do it. Yeah, same, mate. I'm bringing him in this week purely for that reason. Um, right, right price point. I wanted to get him for a dog's game um, a couple of weeks ago. Just, just couldn't swing it. Too many injuries. Um, I think this is kind of the week, the, the week to do it, particularly with what you said. Number one is the Warriors, but now they got both wing, both wingers out. Um, yeah, high four, decent price point. Um, I think it's the the right time to go, considering how high ownership uh, someone like uh, Lomax is. So it's he's not exactly two percent pod, but probably a decent price pod. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, I would have said this week that um, the the best centre wing to own probably would have been Brett Morris versus the Titans. Uh, but I would have said the second best one would have been Nofo versus the Warriors, and obviously Morris isn't around, so you know Nofo looks like the number one centre wing option for this week. Would you not agree on the matchups? Um, unless Ikuvalo goes to right hand side, I would say he's behind him. Oof. Well, I reckon I'm going to be buying Nofo this week. Um, the other target that's being brought in at the moment is slightly contentious, I guess, and that's Harry Grant. 2.3% of teams are bringing him in. Now, that makes him in the top 10 most trading players. It's a bit of a tough one, Billy, because he's in 43% of teams and he's 600 grand. 
he's not anywhere near a pod. He's obviously very expensive. He does have a good matchup though, and he's been just killing it. He, he got 83 points on the weekend, 88 the week before, and 70 the week before that. His output's just been outstanding. Now, having said that, at this point, a lot of people are trying to get Cook and Smith into their teams. Is this is this the right strategy at this point to say you're going to just get Grant in over a Cook or a Smith, um, or do you think that maybe you know the other options are better ones that you should be aiming for? I mean, he's playing that well versus the uh, Warriors this week. He could put up a decent score. I'm not sure I'd be bringing him in purely because he had what slight injury last week. I know there's only a very, very sort of faint injury doubt um, on him. Probably should play. But if you're trying to catch up, I would be going the pods, like the, the, the Smith and Cook option. But um, may, maybe the reason some, some are bringing him in is that they're you know, right at the top of the ladder and they just want to um, negate other sort of top players with him maybe going ballistic this week. Because I'll tell you what, there's not many players... I'd be shit scared not owning this week, but someone like, you know, Teddy versus the Tigers or this bloke versus um, Warriors would be one. Yeah, I mean, I think that I'm going to go to that first comment you made and agree with you wholeheartedly there. If you, I think most people are trying to catch up, and I think Smith is about half as owned as what Harry Grant is, and he's been killing it himself. Uh, Cook obviously hasn't been going quite as well. But Cook is still even less than Smith at, you know, around that 15% mark. So I'd be buying those guys at this point in the season rather than Grant. Despite how good Grant's been going, um, it just seems more logical to sort of go that route to me. But he's on the top 10 most traded in. As far as the Warriors side of things go, there isn't really too much happening on the trade market. Obviously, some people have been looking at Tohu Harris, um, and rightly so. Um, But other than that, I think a lot of people are just waiting to see what the exits of the uh, Warriors players going home is going to do to the Warriors. They played really well last week. Whether they can maintain that and continue it with a standing coach and with a few guys going home from the squad. What do you, what do you think about the matchup itself? You know, Do you think that's going to affect them much? Do you think that they're going to put up a fight like they did against the Roosters? Or is it one of those things where maybe this is their down week and the Tigers take advantage? Nah, I reckon the um, Tigers take advantage. Um was wet that week too, so that, that's that's a big difference. I think Tove has been a great great pod uh, all year, but for now you've got someone like Joe Tavaga who's come, who's come back and is only playing sort of fifty three minutes at the moment, but he's going to start playing some more, and he, he's only playing in the middle. So yeah, I think I think Tove's lost his sort of higher base and will start regressing. The only thing on his side is that they they haven't got many sort of quality players left at the moment. He's the leader in the team. And he hasn't gone over the line yet, so you know he's going to go over for at least one between now and the end of the year. Guys that are quality like him don't go full season without a try, so maybe he is still sort of a decent price pod, but I couldn't be buying him. He would be one of the only shining lights in that team unless sort of Tavaga starts uh, playing sort of 80 minutes, but uh, in a team like that, he'd be sort of tackling his ass off the 70, 80, 75, 80 points, and you couldn't really sort of guarantee he's going to get 80 minutes, could you? No, I mean, Tavaga last week we pinpointed as a watch to see where his minutes went. His minutes went to 50, so it seems pretty safe that he's only going to play around that 50-minute mark for the foreseeable future, which kind of kills him, despite how good a, good a player he is. VC and C options in this one, I mean, we've just both talked down Grant as a buy, but I'm actually looking at him as a VC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, ironic, isn't it? Um, I'd, I'd probably lean towards one of the wingers, go, go no for. I think uh, if you 
there's always one there's always one or two games throughout the season when some when one winger, regardless of how good they are, goes over for four or five tries. Um, maybe maybe this maybe given that it's the Warriors and their their wing their wings are completely shattered right now, maybe this is the week where you know Nofo goes over for a double. Yeah, if Nofo goes over for a double, he's going to be a hundred and something because his his base and floor is so good, and he's also someone that can get in on the try assist as a winger as well. So. Uh, I think Nofo's a great call. Him and him and Grant are both options, but Nofo's probably got a bigger ceiling this week because I agree with Billy. I think that he could be a two-try special. Two tries, I'm pretty sure, was about $4.50 on sports bet for Nofo, and I think Nofo's right up the top of the try scoring list. So get that sports bet plug early, Billy, because um, $4.50 for Nofo is pretty good for two tries against the Warriors if you think they're going to drop their bundle a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to have a crack at... Um... Um, Luciano have, have Luciano having another go this week. Um, oh, now, you're, now you're talking my language. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Look, I, I ended up holding on to him and having to play him that week when sort of um, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago when he scored that one one twenty eight whatever it was. So got a, got a bit lucky there. I was going to sell him the week before, but just didn't end up doing it out of necessity. With um, Walters coming along, they just look sort of a lot, lot better. He didn't do much last week. Yeah, the first game he played, they between him and Benji in, in in the halves and having sort of Grant steer the ship, they just look. They just add, I know it was the, I know it was the Broncos, but they just absolutely destroy them. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what um, Walters playing in this week and um, see that left edge come alive a bit more. So. The fact that you know the Warriors are sort of depleted and those edges got the rookies out there, I'd, I'm just hoping that sort of um, Luciano goes over for one. Um, but he did that last week; it was disappointing. Like he was on 40 after two minutes and then ended up on 64 or something. It was really disappointing. Yeah, maybe he gets two. I don't know, but yeah. How, how, do you see the boat that chucked 50 bucks on um, Luciano to score first try? Oh, Moses, I did. To, Moses, to, Moses to score a try in the first half. And the Tigers to the Tigers with a ten and a half start at fourteen hundred to one had fifty bucks yeah. on it. Yeah, he got what sixty five, seventy grand or something. It's, it's so, absolutely 30, insane. Thirty four thousand, mate. I'm going to go up and I'll even go. <laughs> First try scorer on uh, Luciano. Yeah, I got nothing after that, but I'm going <laughs> to look for a couple of multis. Maybe I've thrown into Nofo for a double. Mate, I'm going to go out on him and say that if that guy's putting 50 bucks on a three-leg multi with Luciano to score the first try, that he'll go through that 74 grand in the next three weeks. <laughs> yeah, put your put your wall away, Baz. <laughs> um, Lucy ended up finishing on 69 points, so it, it wasn't um, too bad. We did say last week that he, he was a decent downgrade given that he had a negative BE. He's gone up to 542k now, and he's on a minus 11 BE still, and he's scored the last two weeks in a row. So we talked about him being a confidence player and going to runs, and they certainly looked for him for a couple of short balls as well, which got him one of his tries. So he looks like a great play this week. Can't wait to play him. Billy, what do you reckon the score is going to be? Um, I'm I'm thinking the Tigers are going to go 13 plus in this one. Yeah, look, we called out last week that the Tigers will uh, come out of the uh, gate versus the Eels, and that was the Eels, so this is the Warriors, mate. But, um, yeah, you know, Tigers, mate, they can come out versus the Storm and then do nothing versus the bottom four. So, um, <clears throat> look, I'm going to back the Tigers here. I reckon they're going to get it by sort of 16 points or something. Yep, uh, and when you know it, I think um, <laughs> minus 16 is the line for the Tigers game as well, so you've hit it on the head. Uh, <laughs> Broncos-Sharks is the next game. Uh, and for the Broncos side, 
Boyd is back at fullback. Um, I was going to laugh at that a little bit, but um, it's partially because of injury. Milford's moving to 5'8 because Brady Croft is hurt. Turpin returns to the squad. Other than that, largely unchanged. Um, Fafita's not going to be returning until next week. On the Sharks side of things, Connor Tracy's replacing Townsend. Townsend's going to be out four to six weeks. It's going to be a pretty big blow, but hopefully that helps SJ a little bit. Dugan's returning after being a late withdrawal last week, um, along with Britton Nakora returning from suspension. Toby Rudolph, who's been pretty reliable as a starting reserve top 17 guy last week and the week before when he's been starting, is starting again, which is good. On the Broncos side of things first, as far as market watch, I would not expect anyone to be trading in Broncos mm-hmm. players. Nobody mm-hmm. is trading in Broncos players, so that's good. We don't have a lot of crazy people out there playing Supercoach. Traded out, though. Um, Xavier Coates is going and uh, news going because he's had season-ending wrist surgery. Uh, both of those make sense. Can you see any players of interest that you would even go near in this Broncos side at the moment, though, Billy? Considering everybody owns nah. Car- Carrigan and Haas, so excluding Carrigan and Haas, of course. Look, if Milford was still at fullback, I'd, I'd, I'd say possibly, but... No, not at all. The, 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 only, the only bloke I've been interested in was uh, Nui, but he's, he's gone now, and he was a, a, a desperation-type player who was on 10 points and shoot to 50 very quickly. So, no, mate, no one, no one at all. It was a tough game for the Bronx last week. They looked, um, they looked half competitive for the first sort of 20 minutes, and it, it was good to see. Like, it looked like they were going to dig in a little bit. Um, and then basically, sort of around the 30 minute mark of the first half, it just completely collapsed. And it just looked like they completely gave up and dropped their bundle. And then it was just a storm fest. So, I mean, for someone who, who doesn't own Smith and Munster, um, and doesn't own Little Pap, I was pretty happy at halftime last week. And then I was just absolutely filthy by the 80th minute. Mate, you know you struggle when sports, but have a mark on you. Winning less than 50% of your games for the season. <laughs> on the Sharky side of things, there is a little bit of movement and some players of interest on their side. As far as trading in, guys, Sean Johnson is the fourth most traded in at 4.1%. I'm interested in what your take on this is because it's really hard for me with ones like Sean Johnson because it seems to be that there's these guys that were really good buyers and you had the opportunity for like a straight month of getting value out of them and then all of a sudden people start jumping on when Sean Johnson's 650,000, you know, and he's, I mean, he's got a BE of 19, so he's got a low BE still, but you could have bought him at 500k five weeks ago. Like, he's pretty expensive now, but he really has been the goods, Billy. He put up 94 points on the weekend against the Dragons, which we thought he would do, 119 the week before against the Warriors, and then he's been super consistent all the way before that. In fact, he's only got one score below 60 since round four, and that was a 56. He's just been outstanding, obviously leading the league in try assists, goal kicking as well. The Sharkies draw coming up has the Broncos this week, which should be a good one for them. Paro's a bit harder, but then they hit the Gold Coast. So the next three weeks is pretty plumb for them. Um, do you think that people should be trading him in at 650k, though? Oh, hell yeah. Oh yeah, he, he, I, don't, I don't think he's got the same step, step he had sort of two, three years ago where he scored that sort of 181, whatever it was, or must, well, that might have been Maloney, but he's had a couple of huge ones over the years, but yeah, absolutely got a um, softest butter draw sort of coming up, so at, at, that, at that price I'd be getting in. 
The only reason why I'm not or can't this week is because I've got two absolute bums at Santa's free quarter uh, with all the injuries and somehow getting you up the second row. So if you've got problems like me, you you really need to plug your Santa's free quarter and make sure you get a, a 65 score instead of a 20. But if you're solid at Santa's free quarter, um, then absolutely you could be upgrading someone like... Um, uh, uh, Lil and Ham Johnson as you, as one as one of your reserves, you could potentially go sort of seventy to one seventy. Yep, I expect Johnson to go really well this week. I'm I'm sure that he's going to be a seventy plus candidate. Um, his half partner though is a little bit interesting. Connor Tracy's obviously been playing off the bench a fair bit. He's had half a dozen games sporadically off the bench, only averaging twenty one minutes a game. He's starting for four to six weeks now for Townsend. He's only base price at 171 grand. So he's got a 39 BE at the moment because of the games that he's played. So you can afford to wait and watch what happens against the Broncos. Um, but he is someone where if in the next couple of weeks you're looking at downgrading, say, a Luai, uh, maybe next week or even the week after against the Titans, he's going to have a low BE um, and he's going to start going up in cash for sure. He could be someone that's a little bit appealing with uh, with Townsend's injury, possibly keeping him out even six weeks. Look, if you need a grab a downgrade option, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not sure uh, he's the right, right option for you, but um, I think that, I think this is the game where you need to be looking looking for value. We bang on about this every every sort of week, you know, uh, about sort of certain positions versus certain teams, and we always talk about sort of edgy Skywell versus the um, uh, Broncos. Um, Given that Johnson predominantly sort of plays right, right side, even though he probably might roam sort of uh, this week, predominantly right side, Nakora's coming back, edges go well. Nakora is nowhere near his, his previous value. You could do something crazy and go and go like a bloke like Nakora this week, hoping he's going to go over for a couple. Yeah, it might be a bit of a short-termer. Um, I mean, if anything, that's a, that's a great sports bet type of shout-out. Um, Connor Tracy did start... Uh, a couple of games last year for the Rabbits. He only had one of those games where he played 80 minutes and he scored 84 points in that 80 minutes. The other game he was injured and he scored four points in his 50-odd minutes playing hurt. But, um, yeah, not much of a sample size. But, um, but if somebody needs a downgrade, definitely watch him this week and see how he goes the next couple. He might be an option. I mean, that Rudolph, he's, he's, he's such a good runner. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes over this week straight down the middle. Yeah, he could as well. I mean, it's... It's one of those things where there's there's a few guys that might go well this week, but they're probably not going to be super coach uh, buyers as such. If you owned Rudolph, I'd probably be playing him. A guy that I'd be really excited to play is a bit of a port option that I'm tossing up on buying even, um, and that's sort of the cut price, no Faluma purchase of just going Sione Katoa. So we've spoken about him a few times in the last month. Katoa's now only at 489 grand, so he's bottomed out basically again. He's got a BE of 24. Um, he's coming off 54, basically hasn't had a bad score aside from his 10 points in round nine since the first game of the restart in round three. Everything else has, has been 40 plus, which is pretty good for a winger. He's got his ton in there. He's got 96, 87 along with that ton. Going against the Broncos, uh, I said last week I want to own him for the Eels game round 14, but if you've got someone, Billy, that maybe can't afford no Faluma this week and he's trying everything and can't do it, as a cut price option, uh, maybe a Sione Katoa might be a bit of a um, a bit of a ballsy pod. Oh yeah, don't be too, don't be afraid to own him. Like he'll, he'll be on ten you know, with sort of twenty minutes to go, and all of a sudden goes over for a double. Uh, best probably the best team to play. Uh, you're gonna, probably going to get a dry, a dry track. 
He scored a try yeah, five yeah. out of the last seven games as well. Yeah, but those sorts of positions you you, you need to rely on clutch because you know they're going to get it. You, you can't expect a winger to sort of score sixty points without a try unless it's someone like Mansell. And the frustrating part about a bloke like him is when he does go over the try, doesn't get anything hit up, so he ends up on sixty-five <laughs> anyway. So, a bloke, look, a bloke like Katoa, like, he's got the best person in the world to be sitting off. Um, he's obviously, um, Johnson going straight out to him. Um, it's a blessing in disguise and Dugan's on the other side of the field. So he's, so that shit fights nowhere near, near the middle of him to sort of cut anything out and do a Crichton on the right hand side. So he's certainly a half decent option. I don't know what his ownership is like, but it wouldn't be too crazy high. Nah, I mean, people have jumped on and off him. Um, he has been popular at times. Um, but at the moment he is in pod territory. So, 490k, um, low BE in the 20s, scored 5 out of 7 last rounds and only 9% of teams. So he's just on the pod side of ownership. Yeah. Hey, I've got, I got a question for you. Um, just change player analysis slightly. If you had a choice of playing Madison this week or taking the risk of playing Madison this week in the last game of the round, second last game of the round, or playing someone like... Um, uh, Rudolph, knowing that even if he doesn't get started and it's a late switcheroo, probably plays 60, 60 minutes off the bench. Which risk would you take? I don't know. I think that, that probably comes down to your AE, right? Like, if you've got a reasonably solid AE, then I'd probably take the risk. I mean, I guess probably solid AE teams are still looking at only like a 40-ish score. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd probably take that risk cause, only because I reckon by sort of by Friday... I think we're going to have a pretty decent idea from the whispers and everything, and shout out to Wacko, yeah. probably give us a good idea. And if he says, look, he's likely to play, that's probably all I need to hear, and I'll, I'll take the risk. Because, I mean, playing against that dog's edge, I mean, we saw what Angus Crichton did at that dog's edge. I just can't, you know, could you imagine playing Rudolph for like a solid 48 points, uh, and then having Patterson go for 125 like Crichton against that dog's edge? You'd just give up the game. Yeah, all right, you sold me. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. So the other thing that needs to be done is we were going to look at C and VC options. I think there's only one man to talk about, and that is Sean Johnson. I honestly, Billy, like we thought Teddy was like the given captaincy last week, and he didn't go well at all. Sean Johnson has been on fire. He's playing a Broncos side that looks absolutely inept, and they've got more injuries with Croft out. Uh, I I don't think that it's crazy to consider going Sean Johnson as a pod captaincy option this week. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. You just need to be 100% that it's not going to be a wet track. You saw what happened with um, Cleary as well as um, Teddy last week. Suncorp, see what it's like on Friday. I mean, because it's an early game, I, I, I'm talking a big game here of, you know, you can consider it, but I'm not going to consider it. I'm going to put him, I'm going to put the VC on. So I've got that shot at Sean Johnson, but um, he's he's definitely VC worthy, that's for sure. Yeah, VC worthy. I, I wouldn't risk to see you I don't think the Sharks are going to smash them like the Storm, mate, but I think they're definitely winning by double digits. I think there's probably a good 15 teams in the comp that would win by double digits at the moment, mate. <laughs> That's true. Let's let's move on to a better game. Roosters versus Titans. For the Roosters side of things, uh, Boyd Cordner is out again. Satili Tupanua is going to be starting in that place. Brett Morris is out, replaced by Ryan Hall. For the Titans, we've got Hipgrave returning from injury, replacing Stone, and there isn't really much else that's super coach relevant whatsoever. Roosters have got big changes though. So the mail on Cordner is that he got a he didn't get rested as such. He's got a head knock, um, and it happened at training, and he's been experiencing headaches 
pretty badly ever since. So those type of things we've seen before can linger for three or four weeks. So I'm just going to go straight ahead and talk about my pod uh, at the moment that I'm really, really keen on, but probably not going to have enough trades to buy. And when we're talking about downgrades, I tell you what, Satili Tupanua is going to be the pod of all downgrades, and he's possibly going to be the best one. Um, I'm a big fan of him. I think that he's a really, really good player. Satili Tupanua, his numbers look like this. So he's, he's at 315,000 with a 24 BE. Uh, and he started last week for 56 points, so it did include a try. Um, but he had a 41 base, which for an edge isn't too bad. Got to remember he's playing the Titans edge this week. So playing a Titans edge is gold, 315k. He's a very good chance at a line break try this week. He's a very good chance at sort of a 70 plus score at a cut price, 300 grand purchase. So oh, I'm really big on him as it is, but it looks like the coordinator is a very good chance of being out next week as well, where he's playing against the Dragon's Edge too. So at worst, he's a guy that you can plug in and get some pod points for this week and have a downgrade to play with that extra money. And he's probably going to make money for about three weeks straight, and then you can get rid of him. So, uh, I mean, it, he does look really good when you watch him play. Uh, when he gets the minutes, he's really active. He's always around the ball. He was actually really unlucky not to get another try um, on the weekend that got disallowed. So he was really in the thick of it, and they were giving him heaps of short balls near the line. Honestly, against the Titans, I, I think that he's a really good bet to be going over for a try from the pack, and I really, really like him as a downgrade option. Yeah, he, he seems to run harder than Corden. I, mean, I know Corden's a lot, a lot older these days, but he certainly rips him when he gets the ball. So, um, look, if Kiri's ever going to do any damage, it's a short ball to him or... And what kicks out wide. So, uh, if you're going to pick a pod in that team, it's 100% going to be uh, um, him or Ikevalo this week. Yeah, and look, he's. It's not like that he's had fantastic scores. Um, you know, when he's played his 80 minutes this year so far, like they've been pretty average. But you've got to look at the opposition. The 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 Titans edge is one of the best edges that you can play against. Last year in his 80 minute games, he scored 85 points in his last 80 minute game. Uh, his 72-minute game, he scored 65 points. He he can definitely put the big points up with the, the line break tries, which is what he did in those games. So I really like him for a bit of a pod option. The other thing that this has done, though, Billy, with these changes for the Roosters is Brett Morris owners, and I am one of them, would be absolutely filthy. He lost 50 grand last week and scored 27 points, which is bad enough. But I was actually going to hold him at 650 grand in my centre wing and play him this week versus the Titans and cop the whatever loss he was going to get, because I expected him to get a ton, and now he's out. So he's he's going to be a sell for, for most teams. I don't think anyone can really hold the, that sort of cash in their centre wing another week. Yeah, the frustrating thing about him is um, you, don't, you don't buy him two weeks ago because uh, he's got that that, that, uh, that uh, hamstring kind of twinge, and you can't take a risk of a bloke having a, ham, a hamstring twinge to buy, and all of a sudden he goes out of line for two. Mind you, he went over the line for two and still only scored, what, 74 or something or other. And uh, uh, last week versus that team, I, I know it was the wet, but surely he would have backed in for a try last week. But hopefully it was just the wet that was kind of thro- throwing him off. But him being injured this week, I, I couldn't for the last buy him in the next sort of two or three weeks at an absolute minimum. He would have to have a really, really soft run home to buy back. He would also have to significantly drop in price, so... As an owner, mate, I think you're up the creek now. 
Yeah, have to sell him. It's just going to be one of those wasted trades for the year. Um, and it's disappointing because you want him for this game, obviously. Uh, it does mean that Ryan Hall is back. So anyone that held Ryan Hall will be elated. And this is exactly why you you know try and trade other guys first before Hall because there was always a chance of coming back in. Matt Ikevalu's still got his spot, though. And he's an interesting one. He's not in the top 10 most traded out at the moment. But that's a little bit surprising to me. So... It's a bit hard, Billy, because he's playing the Titans, but he's also someone who's peaked in his in how much money he's made. So he's well over 100 in his BE and around 112, um, and he's 592k. But I guess the allure of him scoring five tries three weeks ago against the Cowboys is enough to sort of hold him. And if he only scores 70 and you lose sort of 30 or 40 grand, you just sort of take that hit. Yeah, when he scored versus the Cowboys, but that was that was on the right hand side with Teddy just feeding him absolute pies. It was easy for him. Um, so two weeks ago, when he when he moved over to the left hand side and had that negative, insane uh, break even, had this discussion with a few different people and said, "Look, you've got to remember he's he's getting fed off um, Kiri now, and the left hand side only scores one try every two games, whereas the right hand side scores one point five tries every two every two games. So if you're going to be getting him for one game, um, you really don't want to be risking it, spending sort of four hundred fifty grand on a black like that." And, Sure as hell, he ended up getting one try right near the end of the game. And, um, so, yeah, so went, went, over, went over the line for a sort of 75 score and then went up to the 100 grand. Then all of a sudden you've got, um, you know, uh, Brett, Brett Morris in doubt and he's, and, um, Tupu, Tupu goes, uh, goes down. He's out for sort of four to six weeks. All, all of a sudden you look at his numbers and he's, he's scoring sort of 40 points in base pretty much in runs. I, I didn't realize it was that high. So all of a sudden he gets some value, but, I think the real value is if he goes to right-hand side. It'd be interesting to see, because when they, when they had a haul last time, I'm pretty sure that they switched them. So I, I'm not really sure what's going to happen this time around. Uh, the Roosters have got no one in the top 10 most trained in, so as far as market watch goes, it's quite an extraordinary week, because they've often got quite a lot of players of interest. We spoke about a pod purchase last week at Kiri. I'm going to be pulling the trigger on that this week. Kiri is pretty close. He's within 50k of a swap from uh, Luai straight to Kiri. Kiri gets to play the Gold Coast Titans and the Dragons coming off 66 points against the Warriors in a pretty dour game. Um, I'm pretty happy with Kiri this week and a really easy swap going from Luai to Kiri. Yeah, he'd want to do something though because he, he really scares the shit out of you being on sort of 10 at half time regardless of who the, who the competition is. Oh, he's going to be scary, mate. There's no doubt. But the next two weeks, um, he looks like a pretty good buy. Uh, there's not really anyone close to that sort of little white price tag and Kiri's only 509 grand. So I think it's a pretty good buy. Do you see, uh, anyone on this Titan side, um, that is interesting at the moment at all? Early, um, Arrow's barber. Oh. How bad is the haircut? Honestly, I don't, I don't think that I've, I know we joke about, you know, bad haircuts and stuff, but I do not think that I've seen a worse haircut than Jai Arrow's on the weekend. It's, mate, it's I, it is more than taking the piss. It is just offensive. <laughs> it's so bad. Mate, I grew up in Western Sydney and that shit was a norm in the eighties, but that's dead set west of west. That's like Blue Mountains. Blue Mountains 1984, eh? Billy's old stomping ground. That's hectic. Surely um, there's only one person to talk about in this one, and that's James Tedesco. When we're talking about captaincy options, um, I'm I'm not at all scared to throw the straight C on him. 53 points. Um, he got downgraded to 53, which was a bit of a kick in the balls. But 
I've got no doubts that the Roosters are bouncing back this week. And, you know, 53, if that's the terrible, most worst score that you're going to get from Teddy as captain, it's still reasonably safe. Um, and you're still going to possibly have a chance of him throwing up another 150. Yeah, honestly, mate, if you don't own Teddy and you're really scared of uh, the, uh, the Roosters going ballistic, maybe maybe there are worse trades than buying whoever ends up playing that right side for the Roosters and pray they go over for a treble and it's someone other than Teddy feeding it. Yeah, it's, it's, it seems unlikely. Are you going to captain Teddy this week? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know he said that you have to last week, but I, I think that you have to against the Titans. I, I see the Roosters bouncing back, Billy. Correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I can't see them by winning by anything less than 28 plus. Yeah, um, as long as it's a dry track. I'm even contemplating just chucking the BC on him and just, uh, worst case scenario, slapping to see on Cam Smith. My, my AE my a would end up being uh, Janelle Brown anyway, so not the worst, 35 points. Yep. My uh, big call for this one, I reckon Ryan Hall's going to go for his first NRL try this week. Really? He's never scored one before? Didn't know that. Yeah. Would you would you be playing Ryan Hall if you own him this week? I'd, I'd be throwing him in against the Titans, even though he doesn't score tries this year. Mate, I'd be playing someone in a wheelchair this week as long as they're sitting on that right-hand wing. Yep. Every rooster, get him out there. Um, buy some in. Um, I'll probably, I wish I could buy Kiri and Tupanua. I'm probably going to buy Kiri and Nofo. Let's move on to the Cowboys Raiders. Mate, oh. <laughs> that, that was your best politest impersonation ever. Just buy everyone. <laughs> we'll give him a jersey. Buy, buy, buy the Roosters team. Just buy them all, except for Orbo. Leave Orbo out. Cowboys Raiders is the next one. McLean is back in the pack, which is going to help him out. Lemulu returns at centre. Dunn's benched. Hampton's out. Nothing is super coach relevant anyway. For the Raiders, very super coach relevant. John Bateman is back and named starting on the edge again. Hudson Young moves to lock and Kyle Donald to the reserves. Uh, that means that uh, Rapana's actually going to start at fullback because Nickel Clocksack's going to be out for one or two weeks. So, Billy, if you ended up buying Rapana last week, that's going to work out um, okay for you. Did you end up getting him in? No. I, um, I just looked at all his old numbers and looked at the opposition and thought, no, I can't do it. That worked out well. I ended up taking an AE instead, so I copped um, 33 from Walters instead of him, which worked out better. So. <laughs> Look at that. Supercoach <laughs> genius. Yeah. Um, so let's start off with the Cowboys. Um, there isn't particularly uh, any big buys this week with them. Tal Malolo's gotten pretty cheap. If you don't own him at the moment, he looks pretty juicy at around the 620k mark. Um, likewise, the Hammer um, looked pretty good last week. Would you be playing the Hammer this week? If you had him in your centre wing, would you be, you know... Pretty confident that he'd be going okay at, at home against the Raiders. Put him back in the tool shed. <laughs> <laughs> I um, no, I, I'm going to play him this week, but not because I want to or like to. Um, I'll be sitting on my couch screaming, screaming until the 80th minute, mate, praying for that one run, one one run where he scores 40 points, and hoping he does it again. Oh, actually, he scored 43 on the weekend, didn't he? Sorry, I got that wrong. He didn't get 65. So, yeah, it was a, a pretty dud score against Manly, but, you know, it wasn't a 12, so... <laughs> exactly the same thing as the week before, mate. He was on sort of 10 points at best, and just before the end of the game, picked up one, tackle bus, tackle bus, tackle bus, line break, ran the length of the field, just got bailed up. So it was pretty much a 20-point run. The only difference between that week, that one and the week before was he ended up making, making it to the end of the line and, and had the extra 17 points. 
Yes. Well, I mean, he does look like he can put up some big points in a hurry, like you said, but against his side, I mean, they've just had Josh McGuire ruled out. He's been ruled out of the judiciary tonight. So their side's a little bit weaker again. A lot of people are selling Cohen Hess on Market Watch. That's totally warranted. Um, on the Raiders side of things, I guess the, the most interesting thing, George Williams is being sold by every, a lot of people. He's in the top five most sold at the moment. I'm just wondering with George Williams, seeing him sold so much, you know, I probably would have sold him a couple of weeks ago, but playing this Cowboys side that looks pretty weak, uh, he's only got a 64 BE. Oh, I'd almost be inclined just to hold him and play him this week against the Cows. Really? Uh, I couldn't do it, mate. He just, like I said last week, he, he, he's all, he's all tackle, um, and, which is, isn't the worst thing for a half, but he, he's not, he's not getting 45, 50. And it's all sort of chip kicks that he doesn't ever, he just doesn't seem to have the skill to put anyone, anyone through a gap. He just, it's tackle, 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 chip, chip, chip. There's, there's, he scored, what, one try, and that was, you know, off, off, off a good, off a good run through a really, really wide gap and, and a step, so. I just can't see him unless you, unless he's going to do that again. He would still he at which point he would still only score sixty five points anyway. I just can't do it. Fair enough. John Bateman's obviously the other interesting one. He hasn't played a game this year. Uh, a lot of people are going to be watching his return. I tell you what, he hasn't played yet. So six hundred sixty eight k is a big price. He, he might not decide that he um, he's going to play as hard as maybe he has in the past for the Raiders since he's leaving. But in a few weeks when he's starting to go up, he's going to hit the the Broncos' edge, and the Titans' edge, and then the Bulldogs' edge between round 14 and 16. So he's yeah. definitely on the watch list for this week. I, I, I wouldn't. I'm not even sold on those games, mate. You've got to you've got to wait until he's 100 percent fit and healthy. And you've also got to remember he's um he's not available at seven three quarters, so you have, you have to play him as, as as a reserve, which. I'd be reluctant to do, given that you know one, one reserve is going to be you know your um, your backup sort of hooker, the other reserve is going to be your backup fullback. <laughs> Everyone's going to have at least one sort of half decent sort of fourth sort of three quarter, fourth uh, second rower like um, Madison. So it's going to you would have to have a shit hot person to um, dump him dump him over. Yeah, look, I, I'm you're going to be watching him for a couple of weeks anyway, so we'll know if he's. If he's healthy or not, or how he's going, but oh, I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely gonna be looking at him in a couple of weeks. If he's the Bateman that he was last year, he averaged 72 points a game last year, and the Raiders' run from round 14 onwards is pretty scintillating, especially for an edgy. So you know he's going to hit the Broncos, the Titans, the Bulldogs, hard game against Roosters, Dragons, Warriors, Sharks. So the final third of the season for the Raiders is probably up there with the best out of anyone. So. He, Obviously, you got to watch him for a couple of weeks, but he's definitely on notice. Um, CHN's interesting. He's in the 17 now as well. He's on the bench, though, um, which is nice because maybe he's going to go down in value quite a bit. One of the lineups that they've had before, Billy, is they have in the past um, had one of the Englishmen at, at 13, and that's enabled them to have another edge player in there. Um, so, I mean, if they had a back row of, you know, Bateman, Whitehead, and CHN somehow... And with young Hudson Young starting at 13, that's, that's not out of the question. However, Naira might be cheap in a couple of weeks too. So, I mean, I know that he's one of your former love children, so you're probably watching with interest what his role's going to be. Yeah, I've only really liked him because um, he was available at 7 3 quarter, but so um, given that Bateman's coming back, you can't really sort of guarantee he's going to play 80 minutes, can you? 
No, well, it depends if they decide to put him on an edge or or even at 13, which the dogs threw him at last year as well. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, but he's not going to play 80 minutes there at at, um, at, um, at Raiders, mate. Their, their 13s play 40, 45 at best, don't they? Yeah, he's probably the most he can hope for, sort of the 60-minute type of role. Um, but at least it'll make him cheap for next year. I mean, he's probably going to warm up John Bateman's um, warm, he's probably going to go straight into Bateman's edge next year, I guess, if they're going to keep him on board. Yeah, I'd love to grab him next year. So, how do you reckon this one's going to go, mate? I, I'm looking at this Cowboys side thinking the Raiders are actually going to flog them a little bit. Yeah, they'll give them a touch-up, that's for sure. Next game, we've got the Eagles versus Panthers. A little bit of a higher-quality one, I reckon. For the Sea Eagles, Walker's been named in the reserves, so maybe he returns, which will definitely help DCE out. For the Panthers side of things, a um, couple of big ones. So Billy Kikau returning in the back row. He was ruled out last week, which hurt a lot of teams. Appy Coruscant is in the reserves. So one of the things, I guess, first off that I thought, Billy, Appy Coruscant's in Jersey 18. It's convenient that it's his old club that they're up against. Normally, always in these circumstances, you, you'll see Appy come in as the former player to play his old club because they push and want to play him. So I reckon Appy might be back this week. I've still got him. And I think that he's a high chance of getting getting named. He would have to get named at the last minute and get oh, go into the starting jersey. And like, would you still play with Kenny's on the bench? But I, I couldn't do that. I, I would have to. I would have to get Kenny completely removed. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do because they've got Tyrone May on the bench. So, I mean, what you would obviously hope for is to Kenny just to get kicked out and Tyrone May to just stay as a bench utility, who also played the edge back row last week. So that kind of works out for him. Yeah. Look, is there a reason why you kept him? Was it was it out of necessity or you just couldn't afford um, Smith or you decided to go Munster instead or what? Couldn't have, uh, I just had other trades I had to make. And it's only the one week that's gone past, so... Couldn't get couldn't get one of the prime bookers in, so I just did my other trades. Ah, oh, fair enough. Yeah, look, I I, I would honestly be trying be trying to move uh, to move him on if anything rather than play him. But yeah, yeah, look, even if he gets named to start, I'd I'd be I'd be concerned with his minutes, mate, this week. Fair enough. I reckon that I'm gonna I'll, I'll start Harry Grant and have him as a potential reserve if he gets put in and there's no Kenny. I think I'm gonna play him this week on market watch. There's no Manly or Penrith players of interest, which is. Quite interesting. People are obviously play, paying a lot of money for Sean Johnson at the moment, Billy. Um, but no one's really talking much about Nathan Cleary. He didn't have the best week last week. So a lot of people of Teddy and the people that didn't captain Teddy, captain Cleary because they wanted the Gold Coast points. He only threw up 51 points. Uh, it was a pretty dour game. He's still 649k, so he's actually less than what Sean Johnson is. As far as trade-ins go, I mean... Uh, I, I think that I'd be choosing Cleary over Sean Johnson if I was trading in one of them this week. Oh, I'd still go get in Johnson purely because of that draw and age consistent run, uh, age consistency. Like you said, he's only had what a couple of scores below seventy. But it, it would, if you were going back to the start of the season, I would I would hundred percent be Cleary because he has that high floor. It just seems to be regularly above fifty. It doesn't have Maloney. Um He's Luai gets bugger or ball like he, he's the dominant one in the team, and they've um, they've they've had a good uh, they've had a good a good run of games, um, and yeah, like last week was just really wet, mate. You can't you can't expect a bloke, a bloke to perform in that crap. Yeah, you can't, um, and you certainly can't expect Mansell to perform when he's got Stephen Crichton inside him, can you? 
<laughs> yeah, someone needs to get inside Crichton's head, mate. Honestly, super coach aside, do you, reckon, do you reckon coach ever sort of pulls, pulls him up and says, listen, mate, <laughs> when you've got two blokes dead set in front of you, you've got a winger completely open. At what point do you pull your head over your ass and pass the ball? <laughs> Honestly, I, I've seen Mansell go for the win for a try before, and he is not a finisher. I reckon that the coach is just as likely. He said, mate, just go yourself. We need to try. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> nah, he, he, he really did hog it a few times on the weekend, but that's what makes him a good super coach player. Mansour scored a solid 63, and he did that with a try, so he got his, his meat pie. But A line break try. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit bizarre because um, his base was a little bit down to what it normally is. But Stephen Crichton has now scored, and you talk about sports bet runs, Stephen Crichton has now scored a try um, every game bar three this year, but he's now scored six games in a row, at least one try. So that is some sort of run. Um, and against the Seagulls, uh, I reckon he'll be scoring again this week. He's actually had a really good month of footy, Stephen Crichton. As soon as Luai gets dropped out of that team, Crichton will never score again. Luai <laughs> <laughs> just cannot pass more than two metres to his left. Yeah, it's um, I mean, I'm just happy that I bought Crichton a month ago. It's it's worked out quite well for someone who had really bad base and they didn't want. Um, in saying that, Billy, as far as the play and sit goes for this game, um, I'm playing all my Panthers. I actually think the Panthers will go pretty well. It is a Lotto land though, so maybe not as well as what I would like. Um, but big balls call for this week. After Nathan Cleary disappointed against the Gold Coast Titans last week, he goes 80 plus this week. He'd be the only one you really want to back for a C, if anything. But I would, um, I would still chuck a VC on him early and wait for Cam Smith. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair call. Do you do you see the Panthers getting over the Seagulls in this one? Yeah, hundred um, <laughs> percent. The Seagulls are a team where you, you laugh at them and say they're not going to win, and then they, then they, they they produce against a team like Parramatta, and then you you say, look, oh, uh, Panthers have no hope, and then a team like Panthers can roll them by forty, mate. They're just one of those teams that are sort of hit and miss. Yeah, uh, I I think the Panthers are going to get a kick up the ass from Cleary Senior this week, and they're really going to turn up. But wait and see. Um, let's talk about your sensational Eels, mate. They're playing the next game against the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs have got Tim Laffey coming in, straight in the starting centre, which is a bit surprising. And then other than that, it's largely super coach irrelevant. For the Eels, like you mentioned earlier, Billy, they've named Ryan Madison. He's got to pass the concussion protocol still, though, so hopefully we'll get a bit more info tomorrow. Uh, and then we've got some bench movement. Andrew Davies retained his bench foot, though, and he's someone who has been popular. So as far as the trade market goes, Davey has been one of the more trained in players. So we're talking about downgrades and we were talking about sort of mid-range options with um, Tupanua at about 315k. Andrew Davies is a second row forward that's 171k. The problem is that in those top supercoach rules, one of the rules is that uh, bench forward's a supercoach poison and he is a bench forward. But he does have a minus 35 BE um, and he's coming off two very impressive performances of 40 and 56 points. So he does seem to tick most of the boxes. How many minutes has he been getting, but because even though it's um, super coach poison, he might be a cheap ass downgrade where someone can actually play him if they need to. He got fifty one minutes last week, but obviously Madison went down early, so that highly affected him. The week before, he got twenty eight minutes, uh, but scored fifty six points in twenty eight minutes. You'd expect he might go sub thirty minutes again. I guess that's the concern, but he does have the minus thirty five be anyway. Even even with a minus thirty. 35B, mate, Madison, 
Madison on a, on, a, on a, anywhere he's going to play for 80 minutes. Um, you know, um, Lane's probably going to likely do the same. If he gets spelled, if anything, it's not going to be for long at all, mate. I just don't see him getting the minutes. Um, <laughs> the only reason you would buy him is as a cash out, which would be an, a, an AE kind of nightmare or maybe a one a one game wonder if you manage to get some type of cameo this week, but no guarantee. Yeah, um, I, I don't love it as a buy. Um, I mean, I think that you made the call earlier that um, you'd rather just get in enough um, than sort of get someone in that's not really going to be useful in any way. Um, I'd probably steer for that. I reckon that was a pretty good point. Yeah, you get, you get more value out of a jewel, a jewel enough probably just to be able to sort of work your trades around for the next few weeks because having having a jewel enough allows you to you know, get, get someone like Yeo down to, down to seven three quarter instead of playing a hammer and that's probably the an extra twenty points alone just being able to utilize a jewel that way or for trades. Interestingly enough, um, on the trade market side of things, there's no eels featuring except for Ryan Madison. A few percent of teams are actually trading him out to make the top 10 list. I'm going to assume that most of those, though, probably just didn't see the the team list today yet and haven't reversed trades. But, um, I mean, if it's a concern and he's 50-50 this week, and I admit if he was not named, I thought about selling him and rebuying him myself. You know, if he's 50-50 come Friday, would you would you trade him out for a couple of weeks? Yeah, no drums at all. Like, um, I've... I, like everyone else, have, have a crap load of trades. I think I've traded uh, almost max trade and still have 18 left. And you, you can pretty much sit on the team you've got now and be stacked for the rest of the year. Um, so, yeah, I've got no problems with getting rid of him and bringing him back. Um, I think most of the people trading him are probably ones in the sort of, you know, in, a, in, in the top 1,000 or the top echelon that, you know, can afford it and just really, really don't want to don't want to get get screwed at the last minute, especially if it means they're going to drop sort of twenty or thirty points and you know, a few positions, given how close it is. Yeah, fair enough. I, I'd probably lean towards just holding him only because I'm too scared that he's going to. If he, even if he's fifty fifty, if he comes in and throws up a huge score against the dogs, um, it's going to be pretty disappointing. But if he's if he's definitely out this week, I see more value in it. Um, there's obviously a few other guys that are looking at a really good matchup this week. So let's just quickly go through them all. You're obviously going to play all your eels this week. Um, the eels have gone traditionally quite well against the doggies. Gutherson, Sevo, and Mitch Moses, as far as their backline goes, look like they could have bulk attacking stats this week. I particularly like Sevo. Sevo scored 69 points last week, um, scored two tries. As far as sports bet goes, again, I think he's pretty short odds now. I think he's only about a dollar fifty to score a try, and about three dollars twenty to get a double. But he could hit both of those. I'm certainly going to be playing him, Billy. Um, and he's gotten a bit cheaper for those that maybe didn't buy him a few weeks ago that might want to consider a set of win. I think this is the week he's going to go big. But dollar um, fifty just seems value, doesn't it? <laughs> Never thought I'd say that about a winger. Um, there's, there's been a couple of anomalies in the last of a couple of weeks where only, only one out of both wingers, uh, versus the dogs have scored. Uh, it's still one hell of a high strike rate, but I think 80, probably 82 to 85% of wingers versus, versus dogs have gone over the line. And if someone's going to go over, you know, it's going to be the left hand side. I think, uh, Ferguson was actually one of them that hasn't, hasn't scored versus the dogs yet. So honestly, mate, if you can't score this week, they've got to get rid of Moses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you a really weird stat with Sebo. He he played the Dogs um, in round one and he only scored 27 points. And his max score 
against the Dogs. He's only 29 points in his career. He's played three games against them, and he scored between 21 and 29 points in those three games, which I found quite unusual when I had a look at it. You got me stumped there, mate. I don't really know what to say apart from I think I'll make up for it this week. Yeah, I mean, his, his next lowest one, after that 29, he's got like 37 against Melbourne, and then it's like, you know, 57 points is the next one. So it's a really, it's a real oddity. Um, it's only a three-game sample. I don't think it'll continue. Uh, we spoke about Katoa as a bit of a lower-priced option if you can't afford NOFO. I think that um, that Sivo at 540k is um, the next best bet to be looking at if you can't afford NOFO. This week, Sivo and then playing the Bulldogs and then playing the Sharks and Dragons. The, the Eels seem to have a pretty plum three weeks. He doesn't look like a bad buy at 540. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if you if you don't own Teddy and you can't afford him, you could do worse than picking up, um, I was going to say Redrada, then <laughs> pick up Sivo this week and chuck the VC on him with the uh, with the C on no, Munster or, or Smithy or Pappy. <laughs> oh, no, no. Don't say Pappy, mate. Come on. I did, you were going well with the, the VCC, though, and then the C on Smith. I just, I just threw it in there for a reaction, mate. <laughs> um, Mitchell Moses returned last week. I actually held him um, just through necessity. He scored 57 points, including a kick regather try, which was pretty nifty. We haven't seen the Eels chip and chase this happening since the 1980s, so that was a good one to see. I told you it was garbage, didn't I? 57 points, mate, and he, he kicked terribly, too. Like He would have scored with- like 70-odd if he was kicking any goals. With a try. Mate, come on, he's a half. That's fine. Mate, he's rubbish. Well, I'll tell you what, 400 grand, you can make $50,000 by downgrading Luai to Mitch Moses in a matchup against the Bulldogs. Now, I know that you absolutely hate Moses, but to gain 50 grand and to have a guy that could put up a ton, I don't think that's a bad option at all. Like, if the Eels put it on the dogs, Moses is going to get half a dozen goals and... Maybe a try, if not a couple tries, yes. Like, I'm playing him this week. I, I think that he's going to go well against the Dogs. Oh, I'd, I'd be playing uh, this, this week too if I own him, but I, like I said here, yeah, I just wouldn't bank on it since three four weeks in a row. Not with his draw, no way in hell. Yeah, well, the next few weeks is pretty good for him anyway. As far as other options, Junior Paulo's gotten really cheap at the moment as well. We've mentioned him so many times, though, that I'm not going to go through the numbers anymore. He's 550k. Oh, yeah, he, he was on. A, I know he had the um, the injury game anomaly a couple of weeks ago, but, but last week he was on. It just seemed like he he was on sort of you know, forty five, and then just was on forty five pretty much for the remainder of the game, and just add, added added a few hit ups at the end. He just did, has he did his minutes go down last week, or was he just was was it just an anomaly? They actually kept him on longer, so I'm pretty sure that he played. Yeah, he played through the entire first half. And then they took him off and brought him on pretty late in the game. So I, I think that you'll actually find that he might have even played the first sort of oh, 50-something minutes. And then they brought yeah. him on for about the last 15. So his minutes were actually really good. It was just the rotation changed a bit. Um, and he was off for sort of that bulk um, second half. So that's all it was. So he's gone 63-69 the last couple of weeks. Um, hasn't Aside from his 50... In his regular minutes, uninjured, he hasn't scored below 60 since the restart. So, pretty solid, pretty solid option, Junior Paulo. And Maddo, if he plays, um, he should go well this week. Your whole Eels side, mate. I'm just, I've got a hard on for your whole Eels side this week. I reckon that they're great against the dogs. <laughs> so do I, mate. Um, 
The I'll tell you what, he, he went close to going over the line last week. He, he's due. He'll be close soon. Um, I'm not sure if I can buy him. Hoping, hoping he's going to get there, right? Yeah, well, if you want to talk smokies, like I said, I've got a hard-on for your whole, whole team at the moment. Sean Laney's playing his old club, and he's coming off, what was it, 96 points that he scored against the Tigers. And every sort of month, he sort of throws up a 90-plusser. Against the old side, the Bulldogs, you know, he could very well, on that edge, go over for a try as well and have a big one. But real smoky, 525k, it's more of a sort of hit for a couple of weeks and then getting out. But if it was Moneyball, like we said so many times, mate, Moneyball, I'd be getting Sean Lane in. Yeah, he's, um, I forgot, I completely forgot he played for the Dogs because so, we obviously got him, got him off Manly. I'm not sure, mate. He's... Like he's one of those options you can start the season with when you when you just need when they've got a good draw and you know he's going to produce you know sort of a base of sort of forty five and his size is going to get him over the line every now and then but I tell you what you just it's like you don't see him for ten minutes at all but he has one run that you don't see him for ten minutes and he's busted through a tackle close to the line I just he just doesn't have a high enough work rate for me. Yep. We should we we would be remiss if we do not talk about um, a Bulldogs player because it would be unfair. We gave a good shout out to Fatala Mariner last week. He went over for a try. Um, he's scoring really well, but he's now quite expensive. A guy that's not very expensive though is Luke Thompson. He's four hundred fifty k at the moment as a front row forward. He scored fifty nine points off fifty three minutes last week, averaging fifty two points for the season. But if his minutes go up, um, he's someone that we can maybe. Have a look at, but really, you know, he's got a raw base of 53. It's just more of a shout-out for Doggies fans that they got a good purchase in Thompson. Yeah, he seems to be the uh, new Tolman, mate, just the meat and potatoes man right down the middle. Yeah, I think he's going to get better and better, though. He's he's either going to be a, a bit of a smoky the last month of the season when he's a bit acclimatised um, for Supercoach or, or for next year. He, he might be one of those guys that averages 52 and then comes out next year and averages 65. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll go out to him. Um, eels leap through the middle, we know that. If the polar bear can get over for first try, oh, no. there's no I way. Reckon, I, I reckon this bloke can get over the line. I reckon you can probably get any time on him for sort of seven bucks or something. He'll be any time for about 12, but you I, reckon? I thought you were going to say the polar bear could go over, and I was mate, like, he hasn't. No, 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 no. He, he's had his mod for the season. That's it. He's done. <laughs> We'll finish on an interesting stat I put on Twitter. The polar bear hasn't made a line break since 2015. That was the first line break in five years for Aidan Tolman, so no doubt he was not going to go two weeks in a row. <laughs> that, that would have been the old storm days too. Yeah, yeah, when he was playing on an edge. So obviously I, I'm ANZ Stadium, Bulldogs, Eels, I'm pretty confident that even though it's away from Bankwest that the Eels are going to really put a statement down and go 20-plus winners against the Doggies and put on at least 30 points. So I'm pretty excited. But as an Eel supporter, are you a bit more pessimistic or you reckon they'll roll them as well? Oh, well, we'll roll them, but oh, mate, you just never know which Eels team are going to turn off. Yeah, I, I'm just going to watch it and hope that my rellos don't rub in a, a, a salty loss. <laughs> well, let's move on. Um, Storm v Knights is the final game of the round. The Storm have got a couple of big changes. Branko Lee's um, got a hand injury replaced by Steve, and Momoroski's out for 12 weeks plus, replaced by Eisenhuth on the bench. Bromwich has been included on the extended bench, so they at least get him back. But means that their um, 
Their back line's a bit short. Brinko Lee, I thought, has been playing pretty well for him. And when Momorowski's gotten some time, he's he's played pretty well too. But talking about injuries, the Knights got absolutely hammered on the weekend. Andrew McCulloch did his knee, and Connor Watson did his Achilles, and both are gone for the entire season. Uh, that sees Chris Randall return to the number nine jersey in his second NRL game. And Matautia is out for a fair while as well, replaced by Guerra. So both these sides hit some pretty bad injuries last week. Yeah, yeah, I think the uh, one of them will come out a lot better than the other. Uh, yeah, Ponga's starting to look a bit dangerous again. But um, I think uh, Stormer, Stormer going to come out with a come out absolutely fiery. It's an interesting game. The number one trading player again for two weeks in a row, which I can't remember happening for a long time, is Cameron Smith. So he was the number one player at about eleven percent last week. He's the number one player at about six point two percent this week. 715-odd K, he's going to set you back, Billy. Um, Munster's the fifth most traded player after being the fourth most traded last week. I understand the trade-ins in that both are playing really good. I'm not really that sold that these guys are going to go that well against Newcastle. I know you mentioned potentially captaining one of Cam or Munster, um, but I don't think that um, Newcastle are necessarily going to be pushovers. No, no. Realistically, Smith is your only captaincy option. Um uh, Munster is Munster is like a, a, just a throwaway comment. Like you, you know, the bloke can sort of go one eighty on any given time, but I, I wouldn't be putting it past Newcastle. Um, I think Smith for the consistency here. Um, there's just too many variables in this game. Like you, you, you've got guys like a Best who's been you know, not out of form, but out of form FC wise, just punching some thirty fives and forties. But I tell you what, the last couple of games with Ponga going left side again, he just He's looking dangerous. Like he scored 51 with ease last week, and that were, and he was on sort of you know, 40 40 odd at half time. So as soon as that bloke gets anywhere near that line, he, he's going to go for for you know uh, 90 or 120 again before the season's in. That's for sure, and not not just once, mate. Yeah, uh, I agree. I'm I'm pretty happy as a as a Ponga owner, but you'd be a brave man to bring him in this week against the Storm. You can certainly wait, but. He's definitely one of those matchup proof guys that you're definitely going to play. Um, another Newcastle guy that went big last week in a really quite a dour game, David Clemmer threw up his first ton of the season and he did it without a try. So 102 points without a try and he managed to do that because he played 80 minutes and scored 86 in pure base. 86 in pure base, I do not recall seeing that since maybe the prime Paul Gallon years. Yeah, I'd probably go back to Heine. 86 tackles, no hit-ups. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but you're, you're obviously not going to get that again because I had, what, uh, uh, one, one hooker go down and then another hooker go down off the interchange. I think pretty much everyone in that team played 80 minutes. He did have to definitely step up um, because of the injuries. Um, his minutes before that were pretty consistent in sort of the early 50s. In saying that he is coming off 102 points, we spoke about someone like Junior Paulo. Obviously, everyone's got Haas in their side. Clemens got a, a 50-odd BE this week at 580k. He's he's another option if somebody does want to shore up their front row forward. He's coming off that big score um, and doesn't score low too often. So definitely deserves a shout-out, though, for that beastly base. It's probably not going to be beaten this season, I don't think, 86 in pure base. Yeah, but even, even though... Um... <sighs> Even if he does play less minutes uh, or start to play less minutes, he's not going to play 80, 80 again. But the fact that they've got a uh, you know interchange hooker still going and they're up against the storm, 
maybe a bloke with his experience just stays on the field longer. But, but they're trying to get the win. Like they're, they're desperately trying to sort of get, not get back out of a hole. But you know, off the off the back of last week, they want to come. They want to come out with a win. Otherwise, they're 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 on a downward spiral. And they want to stay in that eight, mate. Yeah, I think they're going to bounce back this week against the um the Storm because they kind of have to. Um, you mentioned Bradman Best last week as a bit of a buy three eighty. That worked out quite well. Uh, made about forty grand um, and scored fifty two points in what was a a pretty dire game. So that wasn't too bad. Obviously got the Storm this week. Would you be playing a Bradman Best this week against the Storm? Oh hell yeah! But he's he'll, he'll score 40, 50 points against the bet. Anything, not 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 with ease, but he, he's got that high, that high floor. Particularly when Pong Pong is going to, going towards you, like I was like I was saying just a couple of minutes ago, he had that rut sort of with about two or three rounds ago where he just wasn't getting anything, nothing was going his way. But no, the little fellow at the back is roaming roaming there now. He goes looking for him. Yeah, and I will say that the um, the Storm centers um, have obviously been mixed matched a little bit. They don't have Momorossi, although he's been on the bench a lot of the time. But they don't have Branko Lee, who does actually leak like a sieve on defence normally. He's not there. But their centres are a bit susceptible at times. So he might go okay. The other night centre that we mentioned last week was um, a downgrade option to Moga. 40 grand, and he's now got a negative BE of minus four after a solid 58-point outing last week. So he's another downgrade option, Billy, that's still an option at 286k. Um, he's got a negative break-even still, so... If somebody needed a um a centre wing downgrade, he's still not being talked about, and he probably should be. Yes, uh, someone uh, mentioned him last week. I think it was Barty, um, as a decent down, downgrade option. But that was against that that opposition. Um, did did he score a try last week, or was it already any line breaks? What was included? He had a, he had an assist. Um, okay. th- that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Well, what is it? Two hundred eighty k. Is it? Yeah, about 280k minus 4BE. Well, you know, you know, he's a starting centre. Um, if, if, he, if he's getting that 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 sort of score with a try assist, um, not, not the worst downgrade. Probably one of the one of the better or better options out there if you were going to have to play someone. Yeah, for sure. He um he, he's got a pretty good floor. Uh, the week before he had a, a 48 uh, with no try as well. As far as the game goes, Billy, uh, we both sort of think that. Uh, the night's going to bounce back. Well, I think it's a bit of a danger game for the Storm, coming off some, some easier games lately, and the night's been pretty desperate. I'm not going to say I smell an upset, but Sunshine Coast Stadium, yeah, I, I really don't know where, where it's going to go. Yeah, never put the Storm down, mate, but um, there's always They're away from home. They're not playing a bottom four side. Um, I think there was a stat the other day. I think I think it was even um, on on, um, on Channel Nine. They, they said Storm haven't lost against a bottom four team in since 2015 or something or other. So it's um, it's going to be um, uh, top top half of the ladder that they go down to. So put it this way, I don't think they're going to be dollar eight favourites again this week. No, they're pretty close. So dollar eighteen. I tell you what, taking the start for the Knights, I think you'll get about a dollar fifty for the Knights, giving them about a fourteen and a half start. So. As far as really? sportsbet goes, yeah, uh, the, the Knights are paying big dollars at the moment after losing to Canterbury last week. So if you think the Knights are going to bounce back, you can give them a pretty fair start against the Storm, and I think they'll cover. Um, but I, w- I, I, w- I wouldn't put them for the win, I'll tell you what. I would would definitely not be uh, counting to get th- th- 13-plus on them pretty easy. Yeah, I, I think so too. Billy, that's the last one, mate. So thanks for jumping on again. Good luck with your trades this week. Hopefully Matto plays and your eels kill it. 
Yeah, mate, I'll be happy just with a uh, breaking 1100 and the year's winning, mate. <laughs> All right, mate, we'll chat again soon. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, you can download us as normal or subscribe on iTunes, uh, or you can jump onto SoundCloud and do it there as well. Follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Good luck with your trades this week and your big captaincy and VC choices. Hopefully everyone gets a great score, no injuries for the round, which would be very unusual, and we can all rejoice about it next week.